Did you want me to go outside? He's another lawyer, so, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, good evening. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Oh, okay. Thank you. And there's a healer in the house tonight. <laughs> and he's here because we're here. And Father, we thank you so much for your very presence in this place. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who is our teacher, who is our guide. And Lord, as we look into your word tonight, we pray that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be open, that we can lay aside all preconceptions, lay aside our own opinions, and be completely open to you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, I travel around the world uh, preaching the gospel. I absolutely love what I do. Um, I graduated from Rhema in 1986, and uh, I actually got born again when I was a young girl, but I was called into the ministry when I was eight years old. And uh, Got baptized when I was 23 days old, and I've been in church ever since. <laughs> so I've been there a long time. But um, over the years, I've seen God touch and heal and set free so many people. A couple years ago, when I was preaching in, um, in Germany, actually this is just two years ago, I was preaching in Germany, and a little boy came up to me at the end of the service, and just by himself, he was probably about, about 11 years old, 10 or 11, and he asked me if I would pray for him because he was going blind. And I had heard his mother confirmed it, that there was something wrong with his eyes and he was going blind and there was nothing they could do for him. And he just came up with this precious, humble little spirit and said, would you pray for my eyes? And so I prayed for his eyes. And then the next night um, at the end of the service, I always have an altar call. And uh, several people got saved, but one of them was this teenage girl. And so after we prayed, she said, uh, can I give a testimony? I said, well, sure, we love testimonies. And she said, well, that was my little brother that you prayed for last night. And about an hour after he got home, he was getting ready for bed, and all of a sudden we heard him shout, Mama, Mama, I can see better, I can see better. And she said, when I saw what God did for my little brother, I had to come tonight and give him my heart. <laughs> it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. Amen. And then there was another man in, uh, let's see what country was that, in Ireland. And he had suffered the effects of a stroke. And so the whole left side of his body was limp. When he walked, he had to just drag, you know, just dragged his leg and he, his arm just hung limp. And after the uh, first service, he said to me, you know, I, I think I'm feeling heat in my leg. I says, well, but God begins, he will complete. So you come back tonight. So he came back to the evening service. And when I was just getting ready to start to pray, he just jumped up. He said, I'm healed. And he started running around the sanctuary. And as he was running, you know, the one arm is limp. Pretty soon the other arm was complete. He was completely healed. (laughs) And then I was preaching in Slovakia. And I was doing a whole healing seminar. And this cousin, uh, this lady invited her cousin. He was not saved, but he was dying of cancer. And she said, you've just got to come. This is the last night of the seminar. You've got to come. And he said, okay. So he came. 
And at the end of the service, of course, I had an altar call, and then I was praying for the sick. And he was in the healing line. But I knew by the Spirit of God he wasn't saved. And I said, sir, have you ever asked the Lord into your life? And he said, no, no, I have not. I said, would you like to do that tonight? He said, no, I don't want to do that tonight. <laughs> you don't normally get that response. I'm oh, moving right along. I said, so what exactly is it that you want? And he said, I just want your God to heal me. I just want your God to take away this pain. I don't want any of that other stuff. I said, sir, my God loves you so much. My God wants you healed. So I will pray for you. So I prayed for him. And the next morning I had to fly to another country and I called the pastor and I said, pastor, is there any way that I can go and see that man before I leave? Because salvation, as we know, is the greatest miracle of all. I said, he's got to get saved. He's so close to dying. He's got to get saved. And she said, he said, yeah, we can call him. But before you called, his cousin called and said that he had already called her and said, there's no pain in my body. He said, I think your God healed me. So he was quite surprised when I showed up at his house. And um, I said, well, do you remember that I told you God loves you? This is what he said. I remember, but now I know. And then he gave his heart to the Lord. Again, see, it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance because God is love. God is love. Amen. Um, I do have a few uh, things on the back table. And I want to I thank Pastor John and Anita for having me come because I am so honored to be here and to share the word of God with you. So thank you again so very much for having me come. But I have a table on the back. And just, just to briefly mention a few things, because I want to get into the Word, but I have a book called Instructions from the Great Physician. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Take fast hold of instructions, because they are your life. You know, we follow instructions where we're trying to do some new software programs or putting something together. Well, God has instructions, and we need to know the instructions, and you need to know how to follow the instructions. And He says in His Word that His Word is medicine to our flesh. It isn't kind of like it. It isn't sort of like it. It is. It is medicine to your flesh. And so that's a little book that we have on the back table. And it's one of our, it's an extremely popular item. (laughs) But this is another item that is super fun. People like this. And it looks like a door hanger, which it sort of is, but it's a shower card. It's laminated that you can hang it in the bathroom. This is for the bathroom, not the front door. (laughs) And there's scriptures on both sides, and that's why I've laminated it, because this goes in the bathroom, in the shower. So when you're washing your hair, you've got scriptures right there. You know, the Bible says that the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So you don't want to wait till the end of the day to light your path. You can do it in the shower. And there's scriptures on both sides. One's for health, one's for wealth. And those are the two areas where the devil will attack you the most to keep you from doing kingdom business. For example, by his stripes I'm healed. I'm healed of all diseases. I'm strong and healthy. I decree in Jesus' name I'm free of migraine headaches. I have a good memory. That means you don't participate in senior moments. 
my vision is sharp and clear, my hearing is restored, my joints are pain-free, I'm delivered from arthritis, my immune system is healthy, my cholesterol count is normal, my organs function properly. Body, you are healed and whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And there's for wealth on the other side, so amen. I have another book back there called My Daily Delight in the Lord. And it's filled with just scriptures after scriptures for just worshiping the Lord, for healing, for finances, for being an ambassador of Christ. <clears throat> One of my friends actually gave this book to Laura Bush. And I got a thank you letter from Laura Bush. <laughs> and I made a copy of it. And I thought, well, I don't have anything from Brother Hagen or... Uh, Billy Graham, but I have something from Laura Bush to promote my book. But she mentions on here, thank you for um, your kind letter and for the copy of My Daily Delight in the Lord. President Bush and I are so grateful for your words of support and your prayers. President Bush and I are sustained by our faith and find that a strong faith makes everything about life easier. We are touched and uplifted by the knowledge that so many across America are praying for us. The president joins me in sending best wishes, signed Laura Bush. Isn't that sweet that we know that our president prays? Hallelujah. Well, that president prays. <laughs> Amen. Moving right along on that one. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that last little bit there. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, hallelujah. You know, um, the Bible says that faith has a voice. You know, I believe, therefore I speak. Faith has a voice. And you know what else has a voice? Your body. Your body can speak really loud. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm tired. Oh, I ate too much. You know, your, your body has a voice. Well, the title of my message tonight is, How Can I Say I'm Healed When My Body Says I'm Sick? <laughs> and the answer, because I've had people ask me, How can I confess the Word of God when I'm sick? Well, how can I say I'm healed when my body says I'm sick? That is very, very simple because it is written. Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes you are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. So if the Bible says you are and you were, then you is. <laughs> you is healed, amen? I want you to put your hand on yourself. And I want you to say this with me. I is healed. Now I want you to close your eyes and I want you to really realize that God has said that to you, that you are healed. You are, you are. So say, repeat this after me. I is healed. I is healed. Now. Because it is written. And I, and I believe, therefore I speak, therefore I, speak. I, is I is healed. Amen. Amen. So remember, you is. Right now, you is healed. And see, we have to begin to see ourselves as the word of God says we are. You know, faith, faith is of the heart. Therefore, we must live from the inside out. Faith is the eye that sees the invisible before the natural eye yet sees it. 
Faith is the eye that sees the invisible. It's the ear that hears the inaudible. It's the hand that grabs hold of the intangible, and it is the power that works the impossible. So we must see ourselves as the Word of God says we are. Look at Luke chapter 18. How many have your Bibles with you tonight? Praise God. That's wonderful. In Luke 18, 27, and this is Jesus speaking. You know, we're going to have fun tonight in church. You like to have fun in church? I like, you know, God's a fun God. He's a happy God. In Luke 18, 27, this is Jesus speaking. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I like to say it like this. The things that are impossible with the doctor is still possible with God. There's no hopeless situation with God. So you need to see yourself as he said you are. Amen. You know, I was, um, like I said, I was, I've been in church basically all my life. And as a young girl in Sunday school, there were two scriptures that just got engrafted into me. First one was Psalm 73. It says, truly, God is good. And 1 John 4, 8, God is love. And I knew that I knew that I knew as a little girl that God loved me and that God was good to me. And in those early years, my brothers and I, we never missed Sunday school. We grew up in Nebraska. My mother didn't drive. We had to walk to school or walk to church as toddlers in the snow, the rain, the sleet, the hail. And at the end of several years, we got a pin for perfect attendance as children. Never missed. But I learned that God loved me and that he was good to me. But after being in church for almost perfect attendance for 28 years, I never heard one teaching about healing. Never heard one testimony. We never prayed for the sick. I never even heard a testimony of anybody getting saved. I never heard. We had no testimonies of any kind. But at the age of 28, I became very sick with cancer. I had cancer of the appendix. Very rare kind of cancer. I was told that I was approximately the eighth person in the entire United States to be recorded of that kind of cancer. And because it's so rare, it's also very difficult for the doctors to recognize it. I'd been sick for about four or five months, and finally the doctor put me back in the hospital, and he said, Marilyn, don't know what's wrong with you, but you're going downhill too fast. So we're going to put you back in the hospital, and this time we'll do exploratory surgery, and maybe we'll find the problem. About an hour after getting into the hospital, the nurse came in to prep me for surgery. Because they didn't know what was wrong with me, they gave me a wrong procedure. And that procedure put pressure on my appendix and caused them to begin to rupture. I felt very sick, very nauseated. I struggled, but I managed to get into the bathroom. And when I got in there, I saw something that grabbed my attention. On the side of the wall was a little red button, and it said, emergency button. And I thought, I need to hit that button and call for help. Because I knew then, boy, something is really seriously wrong. And I went to touch that button, and God, in all of his love and all of his goodness, intervened in my life. As I went to touch the button, 
my finger bounced away. I went a second time to hit the button, a second time. It was like boing, boing. I, what is that? My finger bounced away. I thought, I need to hit the button. So I reached out with my whole hand, and as I went over to touch the button, suddenly I could feel, well, there's a wall here. There's a wall between my hand and that button. I could feel it. I couldn't see it, but I, could, I thought, there is a wall here. And I thought to myself, invisible wall, and that does not compute with me nor with you. But as soon as I had that thought, I heard the Lord speak to me as clearly as you're hearing me speak right now. And he spoke three times. And the first thing he said was, your time is up. Under your present condition, you are destined to die. Now, that's a strong report when it's coming from God. We're not talking about the doctor. We're talking about God. And I'm only 28 years old with two babies at home. But then he spoke a second time. He said, your life has been removed from the hands of mankind. Your condition is now beyond the help of the medical profession. And I just knew it had something to do with that procedure. And then the Lord spoke the third time, and it was the most beautiful of all. He began to speak from the Gospel of John. You'll know the scripture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, through me, you can change your destiny. You don't have to die. And I said, God, I don't know one thing about healing. But if you're telling me that you have a healing for me, I take it. Because I do know that you love me. And I just want to interrupt my testimony to say something really, really critical. I didn't know anything about healing, but I knew the healer. And see, that is the key, that you know the healer. Because everything else, everything else in life, in addition to healing, anything you need comes underneath the umbrella of his love as he is the giver of whatever you need. If you can receive his love... Everything else you'll ever need comes underneath that umbrella. I knew nothing about healing, but I knew the giver. And I said, Lord, I don't know anything about it, but I know you love me. So if you're telling me that you have a healing for me, I take it. Now, I didn't know what to expect, but it just seemed at that moment that my pain magnified and fear wanted to grip me. And somehow, I don't know how, but somehow I knew, don't give place to that fear. And it was so painful. I took my left hand and I grabbed my stomach. And then with my right hand, I reached out to hold on to the support bar on the side of the hospital, that bathroom wall, because I thought I was going to fall to the floor. And I'm holding on. And everything within me, I cried out to God. I said, God, help me, help me, help me. And at that moment, the scripture in Isaiah 41:13 came alive. It says, "For I, the Lord your God, will take hold of your right hand. Fear not, I will help you." Is that not just the most beautiful scripture when you are crying out to God to help you and he's, "I will help you." And at that moment, I literally felt Jesus take hold of my right hand. 
I looked over at my hand and I couldn't see Jesus, but I could actually feel his fingers and his thumb. And he squeezed my hand. And when he squeezed it, it was a gentle squeeze. But at the same time, there was so much authority in that touch. And I began to sense agape love like I've never experienced in all my... Somebody's being healed right now. I don't know who that is, but just receive it. Just receive it. You can shout it out or tell pastor later, but somebody, you're getting healed right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. But there was so much authority in that touch. And then I began to sense agape love like I've never experienced in all my life. And he was showing me it wasn't just his love for me, but it was his love for all, all humanity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All humanity. And then I began to feel heat coming from his hand into my hand. Then that heat began to rise up my arm. It was almost like I could watch mercury in a thermometer. And the best way I can describe it, but when that heat reached my shoulder, the motion of lift continued, and the Lord lifted my spirit out of my body. And it was the most glorious experience I've ever had because all of a sudden I knew I was in the presence of my Creator. I was in complete oneness with him. Out of my, when you're out of your body, you are removed from all the distractions of the flesh. And he began to teach me about healing. I don't know how long I was in that state, and I don't have time to share everything. But uh, when Jesus finished teaching me, he let go of my hand, and I was instantly back in my body. And I touched all around my stomach. I said, I'm healed. I mean, there's no, I didn't even know what I was healed of yet. I just knew I'd been touched by God and I was healed. And all I wanted to do was go back to my bed and just worship. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to get into that arena. I just wanted to embrace what had just happened to me. And about an hour later, an orderly came and took me to the operating room. Next thing I knew, I was in back in recovery room. And the doctor came in and he says, Marilyn, Something must have happened to you before the operation. He said, when I got in there, I found cancer. However, he said, the cancer was not attached to anything. I saw it, and I just picked it up and took it out. I didn't have to cut anything because it was like it was just floating around by itself. He said, therefore, you don't need any chemotherapy. You don't need any radiation because it wasn't attached to anything. He kept saying, something happened, something happened. And then he said, he acknowledged that they gave me a wrong procedure. And he said, because of that procedure we gave you, your appendix should have ruptured. Had that happened, that cancer would have spread throughout your entire system and it would have killed you. Exactly what the Lord had told me would happen to me. And then later when I was all alone in my room, how many know that the Lord knows you by your name? I heard the Lord whisper, Marilyn, when I was holding your hand, I was also holding back your appendix from rupturing so the doctor could go in and remove the cancer in its entirety because I wanted you to know exactly what I did for you. God is good, God is love, and God is not a respecter of persons. I left in your, my, your office my envelope. I'm going to use some visual aids tonight. Hallelujah. And I want to ask three gentlemen to come and help me. 
And all you have to do is just hold them. You don't have to preach. You don't have to sing. You don't have to dance. Just going to hold some pictures. Isn't that good? Thank you, brother. I knew you'd come up here. I just knew it. One, oh, hallelujah. Glory be. My name's Marilyn. Sam. Ron. Jerry. Ron, Jerry, Sam. Okay, well, we got our pictures are coming. Here they are. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that, Pastor. This is where the fun begins. The first thing the Lord showed me when I had this out-of-the-body experience, he showed me that I was a spirit being and I had a soul. How many of you know that you are a spirit, have a soul, and live in a body? That was so foreign to me, I had never been taught that either. But all of a sudden, I realized that I was a spirit and I had a soul. And Sam, I'm going to let you be my spirit. Jerry, you can be my soul. I have these attached because whether you make your bed in heaven or hell, your spirit and soul are always going to be together. And then the Lord let me look down into my hospital room, and I actually saw my body. I saw my left hand holding my stomach. I looked at my body, and then I looked it back at me. And I looked at my body, and I looked at me. That was so awesome. I'm going to let you, Ron, right. <laughs> glory, you can be my body. We kind of look alike, so you can be my body. <laughs> now, your spirit... This is the real you. Can everybody see that? You need to hold it up higher. Can everybody see that? Your spirit, that is the part of you that gets born again. This is the part of you that has been uh, transformed into the kingdom of light. This is the part of you that worships God. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is the part that worships God. This is the part that loves God. This is the part of you that is born again. Your soul, this is the part that has to be renewed to the Word of God every day. That's your mind, your emotions, your freedom of choice. It must be renewed every single day. And your spirit and your soul live in a house called a body. That is the house that you live in. Now, not every person will have an out-of-the-body experience. But all of you live in a house somewhere single story, two story, but none of you are in that house right now. So we could say that you are all having an out-of-the-house experience. Amen? So therefore, you don't know what's happening in your house. You don't know if the cat just jumped on the table or the light bulb just burned out or somebody's peeking in the window. You don't know because you're not in the house. But if you were to go home tonight, God forbid, and you pulled up into your driveway and your house was on fire... You would witness the destruction of that house. But if it was 2 o'clock in the morning and you were in the house and you woke up because it was really getting hot and you opened the bedroom door and you find that your house is a blaze of fire, you will feel the effects of that fire. Why? Because you're in the house. Well, you, spirit man, let me have this for just a moment, you live in this house, 24-7, every time something happens to this house, you will know it because you're in the house. This house, I'll let you hold that again. This house has an exterior, a roof, door, windows. It has an outside. It also has an inside, ceiling, floor, electrical wiring, 
plumbing all makes up the inside of this house. It has an outside and it has an inside. This house has an outside. Hair, nose, skin, all kinds of things make up the outside of the house. It also has an inside. Heart, liver, kidneys, spleen, all kinds of organs make up the inside of this house. But this is only a house. You, spirit man, live in this house. If this house gets a broken finger, you will know it because you're in that house. If that house is in pain because of cancer or some other kind of problem, you will know it because you're in that house. Are, are we all on the same page? Okay, now, gentlemen, because you were such a good sport to show these dolls and hold them, I'm going to... Oh, wow. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. You're going to be promoted at the end of the service. So I'll call you back. Thank you, gentlemen. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of uh, Romans. Romans 8. Remember, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after what? The spirit. Verse 5. For they that walk after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. But they that walk after the spirit... They pay attention to the things of the Spirit. In verse 6, for, they, for those who are carnally minded, if you're carnally minded, it says it's death. In other words, it means you're defeated. So many Christians saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and live defeated lives because they're carnally minded. But to be spiritually minded, it says it is life, peace, healing, wholeness, victory, prosperity, whatever you need, it comes from being spiritually minded. Amen? You know, in Revelations 12, 11, it says that they overcome the devil, how? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. It doesn't say or. It says and, not or. We overcome by what Christ has already done on the cross and the words of our testimony. But our testimony, our words, they're not automatically activated. They need an activator. Amen? The activator is your faith-filled words. It's your testimony infused by faith. Now, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Don't you love the Word of God? In Proverbs chapter 4, it says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the middle of your heart. And it tells you why. Because my words are life. Life to those that find them, or we could say who obey them, and health to all their flesh. The original translation says it's medicine to your flesh. But what is his report? Well, Isaiah 53, 5, that by his stripes, you is healed. You is healed. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Isaiah 58, 8, that your health is restored speedily. Uh, Psalms 113, that you will live and not die. You need to know what his report says about your situation. Himself bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. That is the report of the Lord. Now, when you go to a doctor, you're going to get a doctor's report. You come to the Lord, you get the Lord's report. See, doc, the doctor can only give you facts, but Jesus gives you truth. Amen. 
and truth has the power and the ability to reverse the facts. Truth will always reverse the facts. But when you come into agreement with the Word of God, you have come into agreement with the Holy Spirit who inspired the Word of God. Amen? Now, the Holy Spirit, we know, lives on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit, He represents the anointing of God. So we could say that the anointing of God lives on the inside of us. Or even in a more simple term, the power of God lives on the inside of you and me. And that power has the ability to remove the burden of sickness and destroy the bondage of disease. Amen. But it isn't automatically activated. We have to activate it. Now, I want you to look at something in Romans 8.11. Romans 8.11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you... He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells, or we could say that lives on the inside of you. Now, to me, this is beyond awesome. We have the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father and God the Son live in heaven. But God the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and me. God has imparted one-third of himself to live within his children. Beyond awesome, the God that paints the sunset and puts the stars in place, the God that puts the beauty in the wing of a butterfly, the aroma in the rose, that God lives on the inside of you and me. To me, that is beyond awesome that one-third of the Holy Trinity lives in here. Amazing that God did that. Hallelujah. You know, we hear so much about the war and we hear about bombs and how destructive bombs are. And when a bomb goes off, it not only destroys its target, but it destroys everything else around its target. But there never has and there never will be a bomb that has the ability to reach the pit of hell. But the same spirit that did reach the pit of hell, Gloria, and raised Christ from the dead lives in you and me. That power, imagine, our power actually reached the pit of hell and raised Christ from the dead. That power in you and me has the ability to zero in on a malignant tumor, destroy all those cancer cells and never harm any healthy tissue around it. Beyond awesome. And that power lives on the inside of you and me. How could we ever live a defeated life? We need to be saved, filled, and triumphant, not saved, filled, and defeated. Amen? Truth reverses the facts. Uh, John 17, 17, Jesus says, My words are truth. Hallelujah, they are truth. Uh, again, in Luke 18, 27, all things are possible with God. But according to Mark 9, all things are possible to him who believes. But believes what? Believes truth. Not just that Jesus existed. 
but believes the truth of what he says in his word, then all things are possible to him who believes the truth because the truth will reverse the facts. Therefore, the things that are possible for you and me is solely based upon our capacity to believe truth. Hallelujah. How can I say I'm healed when my body says I'm sick? Because it is written, I is healed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to turn to John chapter 8. Isn't the word wonderful? I mean... Just line upon line and precept upon precept how we are to live a victorious life. John 8, 32. Are you learning anything? In John 8, 32, it says, You will know the facts, and the facts will set you free. Oh, no. You shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. But there are more people that have educated them. I'm talking about believers. More believers have educated themselves on the facts than they have on the truth. When people come up to a prayer line or call me and want me to pray, if I don't stop them, they'll go on to 30, 40, 50 minutes telling me every fact, every doctor report, every operation, everything about every kind of medicine they take. And what scripture are you standing on? Well, you know. No, I don't know. You have to tell me. Well, you know. I mean, I know God heals. That's it. That's it. And you're expecting a miracle on that. Never going to happen. Don't go to the library and don't go to the Internet to research your doctor's report. You go to the Word of God. You don't need to know all those facts. You need to know the truth because it's the truth that's going to set you free. You need to know the truth and be grounded in the truth. Now turn to Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. I'm going kind of fast because I don't want to miss my time here. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ, I like to say it like this, let the word of truth dwell in you how? Richly. That word richly is so critical because it is telling you what level to have the word on the inside of you. You have to have it in you on a rich level. If you have the word in you on a rich level, you will get rich level results. If it's in you on a low level, you're going to get low level results. So that's why the Lord said you get it in you on a rich, rich level. Now, I've done a lot of work in Africa, and I've been in lion territory, and I've seen those lions when they attack a prey. You know what kind of prey they attack? A weak one. Well, the Bible, why? Because it's easy to devour a weak prey. The Bible says the devil goes around as a roaring lion. He's looking for Christians who have the word in them on a low level because he knows Christians who have the word on a low level, easy to devour that Christian. That's why God says you get it in you on a rich level. So you're not so easily devoured. Amen. Amen? Amen. It's so critical that we do that. You've got to have it in you, excuse me, on that rich, rich level. You know, I live in San Diego, California, and uh, we're known for earthquakes. And we have tall buildings in Los Angeles, San Francisco. And when they build these tall buildings, do you know that 
uh, when they build them, they make them as earthquake-proof as they can. You know when they do that? Before the earthquake. Not in the middle of the earthquake. The wise man built his house upon the rock before the storm, not in the middle of the storm. That's why you need to build yourself up, especially while you're healthy. Amen? Now, go back to the Gospel of John, John chapter 6, John chapter 6, in verse 63. You know, if you were to accumulate all the books in the entire world, out of every house, out of every library, of all the books in the world, you'd only find one that has been breathed with the breath of God. Only one has been breathed with the breath of God. In John chapter 6, verse 63, it is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing. But the words, and this is Jesus speaking, the words that I speak to you, now listen, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. You know, I think sometimes we don't mean to do it But I think there's times when we accidentally, we treat the word of God as though it were a magic potion. I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing. It is not a magic potion. It's not what you say from your head to your mouth, but your mouth from your spirit. It has to come from your spirit because it is spirit. Like you have to worship him in spirit and in truth. You must speak the word from your spirit. And when you speak it from your spirit, it says here, my words are spirit and life. When you speak it from your spirit, God puts life on it because it comes from here. But the only way it comes from here is when you put it in there on that rich level. If it's in you on a low level, it's only going to come from here. A rich level, it's going to come from here. And when you speak it from here, God puts life on it. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. And all you have to do is get in that word, read that word, speak that word. And I tell people, even at home when you're alone and you're reading your Bible, read it out loud because faith comes by hearing, even if it's your own voice. It's not just for Sunday morning that you hear the word. You hear it with your own voice. You know, sometimes when I'm reading my Bible, I have to check myself. Not silent, Marilyn. Speak it out loud, out loud all the time. Keep hearing it, hearing it, hearing it. Amen? Because then you're going to get it in there on that rich, rich level. And it has to be a lifestyle. It's not what you say when you're in a counseling session or a cell group. It's what you say at midnight when you are all alone. It's dark in the room. And fear grips you because all of a sudden your body begins to scream out in pain and pastor's on vacation. Boy, that's where you're going to win or lose the battle. What you do is between you and God, having that word in you on a rich level, knowing that he loves you, that you are the apple of his eye. He knows more about your future than you know about your own past. He loves you so much. You know, sometimes we sing that song, Oh, how he loves you and me. That needs to be a reality on the inside of you, that he loves you so much. Just fall in love with the giver. Fall in love with the giver every day. Amen. But it's got to be that lifestyle on the inside of you because truth will always reverse the facts. Now, I'm going to have my three helpers come back up here really quickly.
Hallelujah. Helping you tonight? Pastor Ray, I'm going to have you come up and help in just a minute, too. Oh, we're over here. Okay, this is good. Sam and Jerry and Ray. Ron! Ron. I I I meant that. I was just checking if you remembered. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you go to a doctor for a physical examination, what you guys can stand together. Be friends here. (laughs) Which part of you for a physical examination is the doctor going to check? Yes, your house, inside or outside. But he's going to examine you, and let's just say, for example, you had cancer. He's going to say, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have cancer. He will use the word you. Which one is you? This is you. He said you. If you are carnally minded, you're going to grab hold of that. If you're spiritually minded, you're going to know he's not talking about your spirit. He's talking about your house. Amen. I have uh, my house checked every two years for termites. If the termite inspector comes over and says, Marilyn, I'm sorry to tell you, but you have termites, I'm not going to take that personally. (laughs) If the doctor says, you have cancer, honey, don't take it personally. Because you do not have cancer, you do not have sugar diabetes, you do not have allergies, you do not have a kidney problem, you do not have a weak heart. No, you are a spirit being. So you get that word in you on that rich level because you will have whatever you say. If you got going around, oh, I have, I have, I have, then you will have that. Amen. Now, Pastor Ray, would you come up to where's Pastor Ray? Where? Oh, oh, I need you down here first. So conscientious. So conscientious. Now, this is the time for promotion. I promised I would promote you. Okay. We're going to role play. Isn't this fun having drama in church on Wednesday night? Pastor, I'm going to have you stand in front. Okay. Now, I'm going to let you, Sam, be Jesus. After the cross, praise the Lord. (laughs) Jerry, you're going to be the Holy Ghost. Ron, Mm -hmm. you're going to be God. (laughs) You're going to be the pillar of the church. All right. I will be the devil. (laughs) I don't want anybody volunteering for that because we'd have to really pray. Okay, now one day the devil attacks Brother Ray with sickness and disease. And he turns to Jesus, and he begins to pray. Jesus, he, this is Jesus. Oh, this is Jesus. All right. Jesus, heal me, heal me. You don't recognize Jesus. <laughs> Get him saved, Lord. Get him saved. <laughs> heal me, Jesus. Heal me. But nothing happens. You see, when we pray, our prayers go in one of two directions. We're either asking Jesus to do something he's already done, Or we're asking Jesus to do something he's told us to do. Mm. So he keeps praying over and over. He keeps getting worse and worse, and nothing happens. Pretty soon the whole church is praying, Jesus, heal him. Nothing happens. But one day, the eyes of his understanding are enlightened. Glory. (laughs) And he realizes that God has says, Brother Ray, 
I have given you authority to trample on serpents, on scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. So now, instead of praying to Jesus, he turns to the devil. Nice now. <laughs> and he begins to take his authority. Spirit of cancer, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pull you down from your position of authority, and I break that power of assignment you have against me, for it is written. Now, let me show you what happens to Pastor Ray. A moment ago, he was, he was saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, but he was living a defeated life. But the Holy Ghost was there all the time. But he didn't activate the Holy Ghost. But now he begins to be a doer of the Word. And when he's a doer of the Word, all of a sudden, mm -hmm. he activated the power that was there the whole time. Watch yeah. what happens. Holy Ghost, put your hands on his shoulders. The Holy Ghost is his helper. He's going to help him to not get weary in well-doing. As he prays in tongues, the Holy Spirit's going to help him build himself up to fight the good fight of faith with those faith words that are infused with faith, yeah. with the words of faith. So the Holy Spirit is his helper. Look what else happens. Jesus put both your hands on his shoulders also. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, always praying for Brother Ray. Yeah. You know, I think we forget that Jesus is praying for us every day. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus is praying for us every day. Glory. So Jesus is praying for Brother Ray. And now look what happens. Pastor, Pastor God. God. <laughs> you really got double promotion. Now the Bible says that God looks over his words that came out of Ray's spirit. And then God put life on those words Amen. that Ray just spoke. And when, when that happens, look at him now. All of heaven is backing him up. Before, totally defeated. The devil, when the devil looks at Pastor Ray, he doesn't see flesh and blood. He sees a spirit of light of force, of authority, the whole armor of God, shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. When he resists the devil, it is written, the devil has to flee. Has, it's not an option. It is not an option. You see what happens when you have that word in you on a rich level? Then you activate the power that is in you the moment you got born again. Hallelujah. There's no reason that we would ever be saved, filled, and defeated when we have the ability to be saved, filled, and triumphant. Amen. Amen. Does that help you? When you? All of heaven backs us up all the time. The devil sees that. And he's like, ooh, I've been there, done that. I'm getting out of here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Amen. The truth, the truth reverses the facts. Uh, just really, really quickly, a number of years ago, right after I graduated from Rama, I, I had uh, malaria. I got malaria. I was in Africa the whole uh, for a month. Had was on the preventative. Was doing everything I knew I was supposed to do. But I was being bitten by the mosquitoes. A long story short, because of time. But I had malaria, and uh, I was taken to the hospital in Tulsa. And uh, the doctor, the disease specialist, said, "You are dying." 
And if you want to say goodbye to your family, you need to do it now because this afternoon will be too late. I was already in the last stages of malaria. He said, I know you're a Christian. If you know anybody that prays, prayer is your only hope. Well, I could hardly even talk at that stage anymore. I wanted to tell them I do, and they are. But I only asked a couple people to pray, and I asked them to pray just one prayer. I said, there's one prayer I want you to pray, one prayer I don't want you to pray. Do not pray and ask Jesus to heal me. It's already been checked off the list. The only prayer I want you to pray is the prayer of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3, that I would be strengthened in might by God's Spirit in my inner man, that I would not get weary in well-doing, that I would have that bulldog tenacity and absolutely refuse to be defeated. I did not call my family to tell them I'm going to die because this is a copy of one of my medical reports. And this report says this patient, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Marilyn Neubauer, this patient, according to these facts, is going to die. These are the facts. I had Psalms 118, verse 17, truth, this patient will live and not die. I went with truth, and truth reversed the facts. About 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. I thought, I am not going to die. And I wanted the devil to see me sitting up in bed. It took all the energy I could muster up, but I'm holding on to the support bars on my side of my bed, and I forced myself to sit up, and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I took authority over that spirit of malaria. I pulled it down from its position of authority, and I knew at that moment I just got the victory and walked out of the hospital three days later. But you've got to have, you've got to have bulldog tenacity because wimpy people don't win. Wimpy people don't win. You've got to have that fighting spirit. Amen? And it's on the inside of you. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you what you have put on the inside of us, that you have imparted one-third of yourself, Lord, to live on the inside of us. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Lord, I pray for every person here tonight that they would be strengthened in their inner man to fight that good fight of faith in Jesus' name, that they'll never be the same again. And Father, I pray right now, if there's anybody here tonight, if you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, that is the greatest miracle that you will ever have. There's no miracle of healing that would ever surpass the miracle of when your spirit becomes alive to the Lord God Almighty. So with every eye closed and head bowed, if you're here tonight,